Welcome to The Realist Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues with real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. What's going on, everybody listening on YouTube, Rumble, and your favorite podcast directory? All right, fuck me explaining the formats of the show. We need to get right into this, because again, we got a week with a shitload of articles. Yes, we do. This is, get, this is getting ridiculous, but makes it easy. it makes it easy for us. But also hard for us. Yes, yeah, easy because we <laughs> just pulled pretty much any article that's up there because it's up there, and then but then we have to f- well, put it, it, put it, it in, in yeah, this. And the other thing is the reason we're pulling so many is you got so much shit on the Trump indictments that all this shit's getting pushed to the wayside, you know. Yeah, because there's other important shit happening. Yeah. So get into it. My first one is from Fox News. Dem Governor Katie Hobbs requested Twitter censor critics. Of tweet comparing Trump supporters to Nazis. Well, I compare her to a pedophile, so. <laughs> Democrat Arizona gay, uh, Governor Katie Hobbs requested the social media website formerly known as Twitter to censor critics of her tweet that compared supporters of former President Donald Trump to Nazis. In August 2017, while serving in the Arizona State Legislature, Hobbs attacked Trump in a tweet when she compared the former president's voter base to the to neo nazis okay well look, look at it look at your uh, captain over there pedophile biden in the white house i could compare him to a nazi i could compare him directly to adolf hitler yeah cuz adolf hitler arrested his political opponents and what's going on right now yep exactly See, maybe he's not doing it directly but you you mean to tell me he's not making phone calls oh yeah definitely definitely him or his team while, while he eats ice cream and looks at little kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. Trump has made it abundantly clear he's more inter- interested in pandering to his neo-Nazi base than being president for all Americans, Hobbs wrote on her campaign Twitter account. Hobbs was roasted online for the tweet, which, she did, not, which did not sit well with her as she advanced in her political career to become Arizona State uh, Secretary of State. And that's, you know, the, the article goes on from there, but, um, it's just ridiculous how, how the far left sees the other side of the aisle. Like these are the, the Americans that within your state, there's, there's Trump supporters. So you're calling your, the people that you're looking over that you're, you know, governing over as neo-Nazis. Like, what the fuck is that? You're supposed to be there for everybody, not just the people that align with you. But that'll do it for that article. Okay, my next one's from uh, the DC Inquirer. <clears throat> um, everybody's kind of heard about this, but this kind of dropped right as we were uploading our show last week uh, for the Realist Weekly Wrap-Up, which is what today's show is. Um, but we just want to cover it real quick because it is mind-blowing that this would even be asked. We covered a little last week, but um, overwhelmed Democrat official pleads with residents to house illegal migrants in their home. Everyone has something they can offer. Not my host. Well, you know what? All the Democratic and leftist fucking morons should put their signs back out in front of their yard. So these illegal migrants in Massachusetts know where they can go get their free boarding and free meals. I like that. Did a little post about that on our Instagram, but, you know, not everybody follows us. So I just wanted to make it known that, uh, you know, I think that's a great idea. 
During a press conference on Wednesday, the state of Massachusetts issued a state of emergency declaration in response to the thousands of illegal immigrants that have entered the deep blue. (laughs) (laughs) Democratic run stronghold during the press presser, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll, Democrat, pleaded with residents to open up their homes and take in migrants. What the fuck is going on with the world right now? You, you, the de- <laughs> they wouldn't even ask us to open up our doors to the homeless, but we're supposed to open up our doors to the migrants, like the American homeless, right? The American veteran homeless, right? They wouldn't even ask this. No. Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Fuck you, Driscoll. She went on to say, safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a a, uh, sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for for more information on how you can step up if you are willing to have additional families be a part of your family. How's that going to work? You guys don't speak the same language. Right. And what, do we, what are we supposed to do as Americans? Learn how to speak Spanish because we have all these illegals that we're supposed to put in our homes? And what? Are they, what how are they supposed to pay us? Well, they don't, supposed, no, no, they don't pay. Yeah, I know. It's going to be the, the taxpayers of Massachusetts paying these people. <clears throat> but you don't see any fucking Democrats or leftists opening up their uh, fucking doors no. wide open to bring these people in. No. No. Why? Because they just want to say this thing but do something else. Exactly. If you are a local official or college president, a business owner, or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community, please work with us to offer it as a shelter site. The lieutenant governor continued. If you are a social service provider, please consider becoming an emergency assistant homeless shelter provider. Our resources are stretched thin there as well. Well, fucking reach out to fucking pedophile Biden. He's the one that won't close the fucking borders. Right. Don't don't reach out to the Massachusetts city, uh, citizens and be like, hey, you guys need to fucking uh, take these people in. No, fuck you. How about that? Yeah. I'll say, that. It for, I'll say it for the Massachusetts residents. You know, I, I can you know see what? them actually forcing people to, to you, take people you, in. You know what? Lieutenant Governor, is that what the fuck she is? Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll? Go fuck yourself. You know what? Open up your fucking door and take in these fucking families. You stupid cunt. You know what? If you want, if you want Massachusetts citizens to open up their doors, you do it first. Start with the governor. She's got a pretty fucking nice mansion in Lynn, I guarantee. Oh yeah. Because that's where they that's where they fucking have their mansions. I looked that up. Yeah, lead by example. Right, yeah, there you right go. over on the water somewhere. So open up your fucking mansion because all, you know, all these governors in every state have a fucking, um, a mansion. I guarantee you could, you could house a few fucking families in the mansion. Yeah. I'm sure. Last last time I checked. And with the butlers and maids and everything like that, they'd be taken care of. Yeah. That the, the citizens of the, the state are paying for. But how about you open up from governor down and then let's see how many migrants come off the streets. And then you can start asking the fucking citizens to fucking do that. There you go. How about that? If you're a hotel or motel owner, oh man, they must have hit up Eric Adams. Consider opening (laughs) it up for emergency assistance. 
If you are a landlord or property owner, we could use you to connect you. Um, we could use you and connect you to service providers to help transition families into permanent housing. <clears throat> How about not? She added, concluding, everyone has something they can offer. Yeah, you know what I could offer if I lived in that state? This finger on my fucking left hand and this finger on my right hand. Just in case you guys need to know, it's my middle fingers. <laughs> the press release from the governor's office pointed to rapidly rising number of migrant families arriving to Massachusetts in need of shelter and services and uh in severe lack of shelter availability in the state as jurisdiction for declaration. So we, we kind of, we can kind of just assume what the rest is, is like fucking a paragraph left. Oh, it does bring up uh, mayor Adams, but we will get to mayor Adams in this show. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. Listeners. My, my boy, Eric Adams is going to make an appearance on the show. Cause you know, as he, he does every week. He, he is fucking up New York City. But I just want, want to bring this to everybody's attention because I know we have listeners in New England and then obviously New York. We have a few listeners. But in New England, because this is a uh, state that's in New England, if this is happening in Massachusetts, what do you think is going to happen in the rest of the states in New England? Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, Rhode Island. I mean, first of all, I think it would be mainly like Rhode Island, Connecticut that would follow suit with this. Because if you look on the map, right? I mean, they're all blue states when you look on the map. But if yeah. you look at certain laws, those three are kind of tightly knit with uh, most of their laws. And yeah. the other three are kind of more tightly knit with their laws and how they look at things. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, but, Definitely. For all you Massachusetts listeners, um, I'll be happy to tell the lieutenant governor to go fuck herself for you guys. Okay. <laughs> so my next article is from the New York Post. Scientists admits the overwhelming census on the climate change crisis is manufactured. You don't say. We're told climate change is a crisis and that there is an overwhelming scientific consensus. It's a manufactured consensus, climate scientist Judith Curry tells me. She says scientists have an incentive to exaggerate or uh, to pursue fame and fortune. She knows about that because once she spread alarm about climate change, the media loved her when she was when she published uh, published a study that seemed to show a dramatic increase in hurricane intensity. We found that the percent of Category Four and Five hurricanes had doubled," said Curry. She was picked up uh, by the media, and then the climate alarmists realized, "Oh, there here's a way to do it." tie extreme weather events to global warming. But Curry's more intense hurricanes gave them fuel. I was adopted by the environmental advocacy groups and the alarmists, and I were treated like a rock star, Curry uh, recounts, flown all over the place to meet with politicians. But then some researchers pulled out gaps in her research years with low levels of hurricanes. Like a good scientist, I investigated, says Curry. She realized the critics were right. Part of it was bad data. Part of it was natural climate variability. Curry was the usual researcher who looked at criticism of her work and actually concluded they had a point. Then the climate, uh, climate gate scandal taught her that other climate researchers weren't so open-minded. Alarmist scientists' aggressive attempts to hide data suggest climate change is not a crisis. 
were revealed in linked e- uh, leaked emails. Ugly things, says Curry. Avoiding Freedom of Information Act requests. Trying to get journal editors fired. It made me realize... It made Curry realize that there is a climate change industry set up toward alarmism. And that just goes... It's been shown over and over again. Because they say, you know, the fucking end of the world's going to happen because, you know, because of your damn car running down the street. But yet, you know, you have all, you have all these fucking uh, politicians billionaires and everything has they have private jets they have all this shit and one flight from one of those fucking planes is more pollution than you'll ever admit out of your car yeah so it's just this this goes on uh from here um but it it just shows uh that a scientist actually admits that climate change is manufactured and it's a it's a, a scare tactic well i i hope al gore Fuck Al Gore. Greta Thunberg or Thunberg or Fuckberg. She needs to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> she obviously didn't learn anything. No, not at all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for that article, though. Okay, my next one's from Breibart. I got another one that ties in with this one. Um, and it kind of goes with what we just talked about in uh, Massachusetts. But this is a different state. Illegal alien arrested for allegedly sexually abusing a child for over a decade. And the stupid lieutenant governor and governor of Massachusetts wants you to take these stupid fucks into your house. And like you said before, like I've said before, not every illegal immigrant that comes over is going to have this happen. But you see it happening time and time and time and time again. Yeah. It's time to pull that shit back. An illegal alien is accused of sexually abusing a child over the course of of more than a decade in Bergen County and Monoth County, New Jersey. Joan Pasco Arazo, a 46-year-old illegal alien from El Salvador, was arrested by the um, uh, Waldwick Police Department on an aggravated sexual assault, sexual assault, sexual assault by contact, endangering the welfare of a child, and obscenity charges. According to Bergen County prosecutors, um, he sexually abused a child in Wald, Waldwick, uh, Mawa, and uh, Belmar, uh, Belmar, New Jersey, from 2012 this year. Uh, from 2012 till this year, as a result, on August 4th, he was charged with four counts of first-degree aggravated assault on a victim under 13 years old four counts of first-degree aggravated sexual assault on a victim 13 to 16-year-old, 16-year-old, 16 years old, and four counts of second-degree sexual assault. He was also charged with four counts of second-degree endangering the welfare of a child and third-degree obscenity for persons under 18 years old. The Immigration and Customs uh, enforcement ICE at, uh, agency has asked New Jersey law enforcement officials to turn him over to its custody if he is released from jail at any time. The state sanctuary policy, though, may prevent such cooperation. Why does ICE want him back? So they can just be like, "Hey, we'll 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 deport you. Don't worry about it. You can come back over." But Biden has no, Biden, exactly. Biden exactly. has those uh, borders wide open. Okay, and then this this uh, next one that goes along with it, um, this one's from OAN. Um, Erie County 
in New York denies more migrants after two sexual assaults occur in Buffalo hotels. So, you know what? To the Lieutenant Governor of Massachusetts, you want to open up all these hotels? This is what you're going to be bringing aboard to do those hotels. More problems. A second local resident recently experienced a, and reported an alleged sexual assault involving an asylum seeker, forcing the upstate Democrat leader and prior uh, supporter of hosting migrants in the region to change his stance and oppose more resettlements. According to the reports, this past weekend, Erie County Executive Mark uh, um, Pol- Paul and Cars stated that the National Guard will begin providing security at all three ho- uh, hotels turned migrant shelters in Cheetawaga, Erie County, within a day or two after learning the facilities are becoming unsafe. He also said that the county's trust and good faith has been betrayed potentially by the New York City hired business that was paid hundreds of millions of dollars to handle the relocation of the migrants from the Big Apple to other regions. According to the county executive, DocGo may have interfered um, with the uh, I don't know how to fucking say this name. Cheek, cheek to walk, whatever the fucking town name is, <laughs> police investigation <laughs> into the second sexual assault case, which included a hotel employee turned sexual assault victim. So approximately 540 illegal immigrants have been transported to Erie County to help um, help the city's migrant influx which is they're talking about New York city. Some officials have already called for the removal from hotels turned shelters claiming the migrants had not been thoroughly checked for safety uh, precautions and that the town could not handle the surge. So it goes on probably describing how um, everything's fucked up because of the migrants. But you know, what would you expect to happen? Yeah. I mean, they're coming from a third world country, uh, you you think they're going to st- act any different? They're coming from that is their country. Yeah. They're raping, they're stealing, they're all this all this shit. Like I I remember when I wanted to go to to Brazil because I think it's a beautiful country. I would love to go there for for vacation, you know, it's like tropical and all that shit, right? And a bunch of people were like, "Listen, don't go off the resorts because you c- they can tell that you're an American, and if they can tell that you're an American and you you're off the resort with the security and everything, they're like, there's, there's going to be some problems. So there's going to be some problems. Yes, there, there's going to be some problems with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but my next article is from the Epic Times. TikTok influencers made me think I was transgender. Now I'm detransitioning, says Montana teen girl. Oh, you can't say that. I can say whatever the fuck I want. No, I'm saying her. You can't talk about detransitioning. They're going to kick you out of the transsexual community. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she cares too much. Uh, A teenage girl says she is detransitioning after being influenced to wrongly identify as a boy by TikTok users. Ash Eskridge, 16, a student from Missoula, Montana, started transitioning to a male when she was 13 years old. She said she was feeling depressed at age 12, and was influenced by social media influencers who made her think she was transgender. Ash got her name uh, changed legally, 
going by Grayson, and socially transitioned, which involved getting a new wardrobe and cutting her hair. Once she turned 16, Ash started taking testosterone, and her voice became lower. She realized she made a mistake in April after feeling unnatural having body hair and a low voice and began detransitioning this year. Okay. Okay, there we go. <laughs> they had like three giant pictures and there was no text. Ash said influences on the pop, uh, popular social media made her want to transition after they, uh, they said how transitioning saved their life. I saw a bunch of stuff on the internet and wanted to fix myself the way that those people have been fixed. Ash said, I saw TikTok videos by influencers saying how that transitioning saved their life. I was struggling and wanted to wait, wanted it to save my life too. My family were very confused. My life had been uh, really girly and I never showed any dislike of being a girl. They were very, they were very supportive of me, but they never thought it was right for me, but stood by me regardless. Uh, Miss Eskridge said she told us she was trans after it was after COVID and she became a lot. She was at home a lot. She started spending too much time on TikTok watching influencers who were saying how they were, how they went through the same thing, how they transitioned and made them, it made them happy. We questioned Ash and pushed back. We told her that, uh, we told her we would accept her for who she is, but how we didn't feel it was right, the right path for her. After two and a half years of living as a male, Ash started taking hormones. My voice, uh, my voice dropping didn't feel correct. When the voice started dropping, it made me feel uncomfortable, and the body hair fe- uh, felt really gross, Ash said. It was a big buildup of that, and I missed being a girl. I was missing the way I was perceived in society. My breaking point was when I had a dream that I was a girl, and I thought, I can't do this anymore. Um, and it doesn't really give any backstory too much on... Um, on the parents, but I, I would lean a lot on the parents in, in this situation because leading up to her watching these TikTok videos, they, they should be helping and supporting her. They should be noticing if she's depressed and all that shit. And if you're depressed and then your, your face is glued to the phone, you as a parent, one of them or both, they need to take that phone away for a certain amount of time and have a discussion and actually have a sit down and until they have that sit down and have a good conversation, she doesn't get the phone back. So I kind of lean on the parents with this. I don't, I don't think at all, if the kid's under 18 years old, you should allow them to take hormones. If you want to dress like a boy, you want to get your hair cut like a boy, not wear makeup, fine, go ahead. Hormones, fuck no. No, that's, gonna, that's only going to fuck you up. But that'll do it for that article. All right. My next article. If I don't right click. Um, is from the New York Post. Denver officer fatally shoots man feared to have knife as young child stands right behind him. <clears throat> Horrifying uh, body cam video shows the moment a Denver cop Um, fatally shot a man pretending to lunge at her with a knife as a young child stands in line of fire just feet away. The recently, um, the recently released footage shows officers reportedly yelling at Brandon Cole 36 as he pretends to have a weapon, which, um, later turned out to be 
a black marker. The deadly confrontation was watched by Cole's wife and son, as well as an unconnected uh, woman with the child who walked right by the, fa- the female officer pointing her weapon at the suspect and yelling at him to show his hands. Move, move, the officer yells at the adult and child who appeared to freeze as Cole's, Cole runs by them. Backing up, uh, the officer opens fire as Cole lunges at her after being tased. The child seen standing directly behind him when the body falls to the ground. The woman and the child, both uh, unharmed, remain frozen, uh, looking at Cole lying in a blood splatter on on the ground as the officer uh, radios in, shots fired. Denver Police Chief Ron Thomas said his officer, who has not been identified, had no choice but to fire and likely didn't see the adult and the child standing behind him, the Denver Post reports. You can see in the video that when she finally deploys her duty weapon, the person is so close to her that the view of the young child and the other person are not even clear to her, Thomas said. Certainly, uh, that was a consideration, but there was no not time, not much time to act before she was overrun by the individual. The tense body cam footage opens uh, with the moment two officers arrived at the tw- uh, 23... 100 block of West Cedar Ave at 70, uh, 7.56 p.m. August 5th, following a call of a domestic violence against Cole. Cole's wife, uh, who can be seen out, uh, out on her wheelchair and sitting on the curb next to her son, immediately asking officers not to point a gun at her husband. The female cop asking if she needs medical assistance. Uh, interrupting their conversation, Cole walks out, out of his car, slams the door, and begins to take an aggressive stance while taunting the two officers who warn him to stay but uh, stay put as his wife yells at him, uh, police said. Um, Pull it out. Let's go. Cole shouts at the officers while appearing to grab something from his back pocket. Fuck that. Uh, both... Both his wife and the officers yell for him to stand down with the female officer pleading, hey, Brandon, look at me, stop. Um, It is then that the other adult and the child pop into the frame. Cole lunges at them. The cops shoot him with uh, a stun gun. The female officer, again, urging him to stop. Cole appears to ignore the taser and runs straight at her um, with an item in her hand, with an item in his hand. With the officer yelling, don't, one more one more time before shooting, and then with the adult and the child just a few steps uh, behind him. The video ends, and Cole's wife screaming in the background as the, uh, as the officer, who has yet to be publicly identified, calls in the shooting. Although the officers at the scene radioed that they believe Cole had a knife, police found that it was actually holding a black marker that um, they were in a threatening manner. Um, the shooting is being investigated by Denver district attorney's office, which will determine if the officer, a member of the force since 2019 acted legally when she fired at Cole. Thomas added that the police are still investigating the domestic violence call made against Cole, which came when the person alleged that Cole pushed his wife out of the wheelchair and was going after his son before officers arrived. The chief noted the the 
that Cole's wife had declined the statement, uh, give a statement to the police. So the reason I find this article kind of interesting is because we are coming into an election year and I think they're trying to, again, the Democrats divide this country even more with something like this because the person that was shot uh, from the photos, yes, looks like a black male and was shot by a white cop. And I think they're going to turn this into a race thing. I'm not trying to turn this into a race thing. I'm just saying what this uh, country likes to do. And what's going to happen is it's going to be this big fucking ordeal. We're going to have fucking all these riots, all this shit. And you know what? Nobody's, nobody's going to say anything about the riots because, you know, that's justified. Right. Which it isn't. No, no. But, you know, how I look at it is if a cop's telling you to fucking stand down with their, with their duty weapon drawn and you fucking come at them, well, you're going to deal with the fucking consequences of that. Yeah, people expect them. They are trained. Like, yeah, they are trained at a certain, at a, you know, probably a certain feet away. All right, you, you need to fire shots. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, an alien. Because, you know, this is a lot, we get we get visits from, from the aliens now. Yeah. But, um, you know. It's vacation time for them. So they're oh, traveling. okay. Yeah. But, yeah, but it, it doesn't matter. Um. You it and you know what? If you're if you're holding a pen, no matter what it is, and they can't make it out, and it looks like a threatening object, and you're holding it in a threatening manner, well, you're gonna deal with the fucking consequences of that. Yeah, that's, and that and that's what needs to happen in this this country. You people need to start holding people accountable. Yeah, exactly. Not everybody's the fucking victim. No, that's it, how that's that's society though right now. Yeah, and you know it sounds like um. There, there was a, a domestic violence called made against him. So he was obviously not doing a good thing in the beginning. That's why the police were called there. Right. So my next one is from Newsmax. Rep Rosendale to Newsmax. Clear Biden selling our country out. If you didn't know, now you do. <laughs> Bank records released Wednesday by House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer. Representative of Kentucky, make it exceedingly clear that President Joe Biden and his family have been doing business with foreign entities for some time and are selling our country out, Rep. Matt Rosendale said on Newsmax Thursday. And the Montana Republican told Newsmax Wake Up America that means it's time to open an impeachment inquiry against the president as Democrats open impeachment proceedings against former Donald Trump twice with a lot less information. Further, Rosendale said the information used against Trump was generated out of thin air with false documents, forged documents, and false testimony. But we have actual documents that show Vice President Biden and his son and other family members who were receiving millions and millions of dollars, whether it's the Chinese government, the Kazakhstan government, uh, whatever, the Ukraine government, the Russian government, to sell our country out. He added, we wonder why the Biden administration is trying to pump billions of dollars back into Ukraine so that it can be laundered and redistributed. Yeah, I think I heard that somewhere before. <laughs> the only thing we can do is keep a close accounting so that we've sent to Ukraine already to this point are the weapons, and we know that the value of those weapons are. Beyond that, there are there has never been a good audit 
to account for the $70 billion to $80 billion of cash revenue that has gone to Ukraine, said Rosendale, adding that he doubts if an audit will ever happen. I would certainly urge the uh, Judiciary Committee to put these facts together and to begin the impeachment considerations. He said, I hope that when we return in September that we can begin to have serious considerations and discussions about which impeachment proceedings to begin on. Many members have signed impeachment resolutions not only against Trump, but against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over the border. The facts have been presented to us, so okay, let's begin the process, said Rosendale. Bring, up, uh, bring that up and let the American people see what, that we hear them, that we are not going to tolerate this criminal activity, and that we're there to do something about it. And that is it for that article. Um, I mean, it it takes too long for them to do anything over there. So the impeachment, yeah, I, I like it because it's a step in the right direction, but I don't really think much is going to come of it because it's the Bidens. So it's like the Clintons, you know, the, the fucking, the hierarchy that, that is within the, the Democratic government. So Democratic side of the government. So, yeah, that's going to do it for that article. Okay, my next one's from Newsmax. Mike Huckabee to Newsmax. Biden scandal far bigger than Watergate. Mike Huckabee? Bigger than Watergate? Um, President Joe Biden, or as I like to call him, pedophile Joe Biden, and his son, the drug addict, alleged influence peddling in um, foreign business dealings could be the biggest scandal in American history. Former Arkansas Governor... Mike Huckabee told Newsmax on Thursday, Huckabee appeared on Wake Up America a day after House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer, Republican of Kentucky, delivered a third round of bank records, bringing the official paper trail of payments to more than $20 billion to the Biden crime family from Russia, Ukraine, and whatever the fuck that's... <laughs> Kazakhstan yeah. or some shit. <laughs> During Joe Biden's vice presidency in a, the Obama administration. First first son and drug addict, Hunter Biden's uh, foreign uh, business dealings allegedly served as uh, vehicles with which they pe- uh, peddled the influence. The allegation in its uh, beginning to look more and more like reality is... Um, is that his uh, pop and the now sitting president was the big guy and he got a 10% cut of it all? Huckabee told co-hosts Allison Maloney and John uh, Glasgow. Um, so pretty much this is uh, just going on about, um, you know, kind of what you were saying. And uh, it, it is going to come out that this is going to be one of the biggest crimes in American history. Like more there. And that's one of the reasons why all these indictments are coming down on Trump, I believe, because they know they have no chance in hell of beating him because the Bidens have fucked up this um, country so much that he's going to get voted out because there's a lot of Democrats being like, man, I fucking can't believe I voted for this guy, which we did a couple. We did an article. What was it last week? Was it Oliver Stone? Oh yeah, yeah. From Hollywood, said he's um, he regrets voting for uh, pedophile Biden, um, but 
that's what that's what I believe. And um, I think if uh, Trump does get in and he gets through all these indictments, which I think he is, because there's more coming out that, you know, he probably already uh, won the one from the Georgia indictment, which we got an article on. Um, but, uh, and that hasn't even gone to court, but they're, they're just throwing shit at the wall and hope, hope it sticks. Right. Yeah. For, and, uh, and they're so desperate. They're just making shit up. Yeah. I think when, and all, all you're doing by doing that is you're pissing off Trump. So when he gets in, he's just going to wipe the slate clean because he has fucking. Well, not even, not even Trump, what, what they're doing. And this is on a, on, on a grand scale, they're showing every American what they're what they're doing and their motives behind it. Yeah. So you're literally turning the country against the demo, the the extreme left. Yeah. So that will wrap that up. All right. My next one is from Boston Magazine. Taming the beast within. Can cam- chemical castration help pedophiles control their desires? No, a fucking shotgun to the head will cure that though. Faster, cheaper, easier. Nessier. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. You, you, you could use a, di- a, a different item to take care of that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a little more brutal. That's, that's what they are. They're fucking brutal people. Uh, the Institute for Sexual Wellness is located on the backside of a luxury apartment building in Quincy Center facing the T-stop in a municipal parking lot. There's no sign out front. Why not? Why not? Put that sign out there. Let everybody know where you're at. And the discreet location is difficult to find. The center's found, Renee Sorrentino says, this is by design. Sorrentino is a Boston University and a Harvard-trained forensic psychiatrist who treats uh, chronically disturbed men, convicted uh, pedophiles, uh, rapists, exhibitionists, and voyeurs for the deviant compulsions. What the fuck? You took that job? <laughs> what the fuck? Many people doubt that convicted sex offenders can ever truly be cured because they can't, which has prompted states from Virginia to Oregon to pass laws making it even more difficult for them to get out of jail. But Sorrentino says deviant sexual disorders are like other mental diagnoses and can often be managed with meds and therapy. That's it. Just fucking throw pills at them. Everything will be fine. And then like the bipolars, the people with bipolar uh, issues, they don't take their medications or they're on the wrong medication because the doctor prescribed the wrong one. They have fucking manic episodes. So if they don't, if they choose, oh, I don't feel right taking this medication. Oh, look at that. Look at that fucking little girl over there and goes and goes fucking attacks her or whatever. So you're relying on medication. No. And she, they need to be locked up like you have said before. And she claims that uh, she has had a treatment for even the uh, direst cases, chemical castration. Sorrentino believes that the procedure, a monthly injection of the drug Lupron, can radically curb men's harmful desires, allowing them to return to quasi-normal lives. Widespread use of chemical castration could also protect potential victims, she says, because it would effectively neutralize the insidious compulsions that prompt men to act on their fantasies. Right now, she is one of only three doctors in Massachusetts, of course, Massachusetts, who provide this treatment. Um, I don't really know what, what Lupron, you know, is all about, but if you're curbing 
your sexual desires, wouldn't that be sex with even, you know, the right people around your age or whatever? Not just your fantasies. So that's going to, I could see that being an issue. Sorrentino's case of 100 patients is just a fraction of those who might benefit from chemical castration. In Massachusetts alone, there are more than 11,000 state registered sex offenders, plus about 1,350 inmates serving time for sex crimes and several hundred more sex offenders who have served out their sentences but are being held indefinitely in civil confinement facilities until they are deemed fit for release. And few ever are. Good. They shouldn't be released. They all need to go into the mental institutions. And that's it. Locked up for life. If you get convicted of a, of a fucking sex crime again, against anybody, really, but especially towards kids or online predatory shit. You shouldn't be locked up for life. You should be sent out to the fucking be shot. Well, you know, that won't, that won't right, happen. Right after, that, that's what right we at, want. Yeah, at. Right, right after you're convicted, you get, you, you, we, we don't pay taxes on you living in a jail cell. Right. The only tax we pay on is the fucking bullet going in your head. I'll I'll pay, I'll I'll buy a box. I'll buy a box. <laughs> I'll buy a fucking case. Yeah. <laughs> but you know that that'll never happen. So we need to lock these people up and this and that. But I don't think things like this. This is it's just another gateway for them to be released out back into public and um have shit just fucking keep on going. That's not. It's not going to help anything. These people need to be fucking dealt with brutally because what they did was fucking brutal. So fuck taming the beast within. They threw out their rights as, as, as Americans when they did what they did. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of the article. Okay, my next article is from the Daily Mail. This is a, this, this is a good one. <laughs> Australian woman living in the U.S. of A. Triggered by Americans' display of so many national flags. Well, she can go back to Australia. I know, very simple. A young Australian woman living in the U.S. who complained about the number of American flags displayed across the country has drawn um, a rebu- uh, rebuke for from one of America's top politicians. The video shared to TikTok, Mia Cole, wand- um wanders along a uh, suburban street and expresses her objection to what she considers an excessive display of patriotism. I'm just going to say it. There are too many American flags, she said. They're on houses. They're on cars. Uh, Saw them on couch cushions. (laughs) You know what, bitch? Go back to fucking Australia. Like, seriously. Okay, I'm not even through this article. Go back to Australia where the fucking government controls everything you fucking do. You're, you're, you're the whole reason probably why fucking nobody in Australia has fucking firearms. Probably. So this stupid bitch Mia goes on, goes by the handle, um, I'm a stupid cunt on TikTok compared to <laughs> the visibility um, of national flags in the U.S. compared to Australia. Well, you're not in Australia. Yeah, we're not in Australia. So, you know, fucking suck it up or go back to your shitty country. You're the only country that I know that does this, she remarked. Great. That, that's why we're free. Well, we're not free, but we're some sort of free. We still got... We're told some, we're free. Yeah, we're told we're free. The only, the only time I've seen an Australian flag is on Sydney Harbor Bridge. Could not tell you what it looks like. 
Okay. <laughs> That's fucking sad. <laughs> that I know. You're you're just explaining how fucking stupid you are as an oh, Australian. Shit. Nothing against Australians either. But, no, but this one. Yeah, this one. I I know it's uh like blue and it's got stars on it, she added. I think I could draw the American flag from memory. Great. Because it's Good. a fucking great flag. Yep. I think I can make a bloody sculpture of it. Great. That's awesome. I'm glad. Glad we left that that, that mark on you as a country. Right. How amazing our flag is. Um, that's how bloody that's how many bloody times I've seen it. <laughs> bloody. <laughs> I mean, bloody times I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) The fed up up Aussie argued Americans to pull back on putting up flags everywhere. It's enough, she said. Let's stay humble. How about you get the fuck out of this country and stop telling us what the fuck to do? How about that? The woman's TikTok video caught the attention of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Oh, shit. (laughs) Who had a blunt message for the Aussie. Go back to Australia. (laughs) He tweeted to the response of the video, adding a series of U.S. flag emojis. Yes. Yes. It appears the woman's TikTok account has been deactivated after the backlash. Because fucking all the Americans were probably lighting her the fuck up. Probably. The video reposted on Twitter by um, by the um, the right-wing account, Libs of TikTok, racked up plenty of comments. <clears throat> I'm going to put a, uh, put another flag. No, I'm going to put another flag. One American wrote, America, baby, added another one. Um, however... Some agreed with the Aussies' views. All right, then you can go back to fucking Australia too with her. Jump on the plane. Yes. As a person who was born in Houston, I respect this, one said. Why, why does it matter where you were, where in the country you were born? So Houston, are know. you saying people from Houston don't like the American flag? Okay. It's uh, not just America's love for the USA. It's culture of broad, uh, broad patriotism, another wrote. One uh, person said they understood her confusion because flag-waving patriotism is not so common down under. No, it's not. People wearing um, college teams on their college teams or the high school mascot shirts, being proud of their town, your organizations, your church, your clubs doesn't exist in Australia, they tweeted. Well, I'm sorry you lived in a fucked up country, but you know what? Go back to your fucked up country, okay? Stop bitching about our fucking amazing American flag. Yeah, don't try to come over here and then try to change our fucking way of life. Yeah, you stupid cunt. She would have lost her mind after 9-11. You remember how many people had flags flying after 9-11? Well, you know what it is? She went on there thinking everybody was going to fucking support her and didn't realize how vocal. Like, how stupid are you? Like you think you think Americans aren't going to see your dumbass TikTok, right? And then fucking light you up for it. That's what. That's prob- one. That's one. Sorry to cut you off, but that's one thing that Americans are known for is being very vocal about their patriotism. Yeah, yeah. And she probably felt safe on TikTok because TikTok is supposed to be that like far leftist, anti-American. Yeah. Platform. And the other, and, and the other thing is. I wouldn't be surprised if the people that were commenting go back to Australia were from both sides. 
Yeah. Because usually shit like this brings everybody together. And it doesn't matter because now everybody, whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, an alien, you all fucking uh, are very patriotic about the country, maybe in different ways. But once you find a common enemy that's talking shit about the country or the flag or any of that, fucking we usually come together. Right. But that's going to wrap it up. And uh, yeah, if you you don't like the American flag, because we do have listeners from other countries, you don't like the American flag, don't come the fuck over here, okay? Exactly. You can can look at your non-existent flag on a fucking bridge by your fucking communist fucking country. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm not saying Australia is a communist country, but I mean, you don't, you don't have any patriotism. You can't do well. anything. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> All right. My next one's from Newsmax. Doctors group urges peers to rethink minors trans care. A doctor's group is urging the American Academy of Pediatricians to reevaluate its support for extreme transgender treatments performed on children. The American children of pediat- uh, pediatricians in a press release Thursday, said it was disappointed that the AAP has reaffirmed its support for transgender interventions on minors. There is a la- there is lack of significant clinical evidence and a lack of long-term positive outcomes for children treated with puberty-blocking drugs, sex hormones, and transgender interventions. The a- ACP ACP Ed's statement uh, said. Additionally, it is known. Is it is a known fact that gender dysphoria resolves in most minors who are allowed to go through puberty. We are reaffirm our position that these interventions are uh, scientifically unproven in amount to child abuse. Absolutely, it is definitely child abuse. There is no reason that anybody under the age of eighteen, at least, should be getting any shit done like this at all. You should be an adult. So you can make that own decision on your own. So you can pay for it on your own. So you can deal with it on your own. There's none of this. Oh, let's coddle you and all this other bullshit. Like, get the fuck out of here. When the gay and lesbian movement was, okay, I'll go back to that again. Because that was big when I was, you know, around like 18 years old. Way back. Way back in, you know, horse-drawn carriages times. Fucking when my house was built. <laughs> um. There was, there was none of this. All that, the, all that they wanted to do was get married. That's all that the gay and lesbian community wanted. And, and acceptance, of course. But you're not, you're not going to be accepted by everybody with anything. With this podcast, we're not going to be accepted by everybody. With whoever you support as a president, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be supported by everybody. And that's all that the gay and lesbian community wanted was to be accepted and to get married. That's it. They didn't, want, they didn't try to influence anybody else. They didn't try to pull them in and do all this stupid woke bullshit but goes on to say uh the aap reaffirmed its support for uh, gender transition medical care for transgender uh, children in a statement last week even as the treatment faces a growing push for bans and restrictions from republican lawmakers across the u.s the treatment include irreversible surgery and synthetic hormone usage the ac peds thursday statement said that it was encouraged that the aap is open to reevaluate its position and it needs to just be turned around. And that's, the article goes on from there. there they keep repeating themselves though. But um, there needs to be uh, an age limit. And we need to get rid of this fucking minor trans care bullshit. 
Let the kids be gay. Let the kids dress how they want, hair how they want. But any of this chemical castration and all this shit, no. It needs to fucking go. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. And that's going to do it for the article. Okay. Um, my next article is from somewhere. The Gateway Pundit. Biden, uh, Biden administration urges Supreme Court to rule in favor of government elites censoring speech of misguided serfs. Ooh. The Biden administration pushed the U.S. Supreme Court to honor the infinite wisdom of the Washington, D.C. elites in their um, brief file uh, filed on Monday. The Biden administration wants the Supreme Court to rule in favor of their right to control speech in America today. Really? Mm. We are truly dealing with evil people here. We are. Um pedophile Joe Biden's administration in a Monday brief pushed the Supreme Court to rule against Republican-led states, laws, and prevent online censorship. Um, Florida and Texas have um, enacted laws to stop big tech platforms from censoring content due to the viewpoint, and the Biden administration asked for Supreme Court to review them. According to the brief, specifically, the Biden administration requested... um, for the Supreme Court to rule against the state's laws in favor of social media companies' right to censor. The platform's content, moderation, activities are protected by the First Amendment. U.S. Uh, uh, Solicitor General Elizabeth Preloger wrote in the Biden administration's brief, given the torrent of content created by on uh, platforms, one of their central functions is to make choices about which content will be displayed to which users and which form and which order. Florida bill prohibits social media platforms from uh, willfully deplatforming a candidate for public office and enables uh, Florida to fine the platform 250000 a day, according to the brief. Texas bill broadly blocks platforms uh, with more than $50 million Uh, monthly American users from engaging in viewpoint censorship, according to the brief. Um, The bills are similar, but not the same. And brief uh, requests the Supreme Court to hear the cases on both laws. Western District of Louisiana Judge Terry A. uh, 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 Dottie granted a board injunction preventing the Biden administration from colluding on social media companies to censor content and free speech lawsuit, Missouri versus pedophile Biden in July. The gateway pundits, uh, Jim Hoft is the lead plaintiff and similar case in Western district of Louisiana. Uh, numerous there are, uh, Numerous things were filed in um, support of the MO versus Biden free speech case uh, by prominent conservative groups and at least eight red states. Democrats oppose free speech in their own uh, presented in their own and presented into court. So basically now they're not getting their way. It's coming into election season and they want to start censoring people on social media platforms. And if they start doing that, what do you think they're going to start doing in real life? Censoring you. Yes. Absolutely. So, my next one is from Newsmax. 
U.S. suicide hit an all-time high last year. It's 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 pretty sad. But uh, it goes on to say about 49,500 people took their own lives last year in the U.S., the highest number ever, according to the government uh, new government data posted Thursday. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention, which posted the numbers, has not yet calculated a suicide rate for the year, but available data suggests suicides are more common in the U.S. than any other time since the dawn of World War II. There's something wrong. The numbers should not be going up, said Christina Wilbur, a 45-year-old Florida woman whose son shot himself to death last year. My son should not have died, she said. I know it's complicated. I really do. But we have to be able to do something, something that we're not doing, because whatever we're doing right now is not helping. Yes, what they're not doing is focusing on mental health. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest issues in this country right now is mental health for the, uh, talking about Americans. I agree. Experts caution that suicide is complicated and that recent increases might be driven by a range of factors, including high rates of depression and limited availability of mental health services. Huh. Okay. But a main driver is the growing availability of guns. Oh, Jesus Christ. Said Jill Harvey, no, Hark of A. Friedman, Senior Vice President of Research at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide attempts involving guns end in death far more often than those with other means, and gun sales have boomed, placing firearms in more and more homes. A recent Johns, uh, Johns Hopkins University analysis used preliminary, uh, preliminary 2022 data to collect that, calculate that the nation's overall gun suicide rate rose last year to an all-time high. For the first time, the gun suicide rate among black teens surpassed the rate of, uh, among white teens. The researchers found. I don't know if you can talk about suicide without talk about without talking about firearms. Harkvey Friedman said, "U.S. suicides steadily rose from the early 2000s to 2018 when the national rate hit its highest level since 1941. That year saw about 48,300 deaths, or 14.2 percent of every 100,000 Americans." And you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's People aren't going out and, and getting these guns to kill themselves. They're not doing it legally. If you're in that state of mind, you're not going to wait the time, wait for this, wait for that, and, and, and then get the, the firearm and, and use it on yourself. Yeah, there's many, many ways that it can be done. I'm not going to give anybody any ideas. but Right, know, there's tons of ways. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. But that's just that, you know, they brought race into it with the white and black teen rates. Yep. And what, it shouldn't matter. Suicide no. is a suicide. Suicide doesn't know a race. So, and then they're bringing, trying to bring guns into it because they want to get rid of the guns so they can have the full government control over us. They're, they're using anything to try to get rid of yeah. uh, Americans having guns. But yeah. Are you done with that one? Yeah. All right. But, um. If you or a family member is dealing with, um, you know, some mental illness or suicide thoughts, I mean, especially suicide, um, you know, dial 988. It's a lifeline and is a national network for of uh, local crisis centers. And uh, they're, they're taking calls 24 hours a day and seven days a week in the United States. And, um, you know, they'll talk to you and it's confidential, you know, and um, 
if you do know anybody or you haven't heard from somebody, you know, you're listening to the show right now and you haven't heard somebody fucking just give them a call. See how they're doing. You know, that might, uh, might, uh, help them out and show that, uh, someone cares about them because, uh, you went out of your way to fucking, uh, give them a call. Yeah. And they, if they don't answer, leave them a voicemail. Yeah. Don't just hang up the phone. Yeah. Leave a voicemail. It's much better than a text yeah. or an email or a met, but you know, those work also, but yeah, just say, you know, say, Hey man, or you know, yeah. Hearing the sincerity in yeah. somebody's voice can be the tipping ha- point. Ha- haven't heard from you in a while, you know, just hope everything's okay. Give me a call back. You know, maybe, maybe you can grab some, some food or catch up or whatever. You know, that's all that person might need to hear. Right. To put that firearm down. Well, when, it could could be anything. When, yeah, it's probably not even the firearm. It's something else. But like yeah. you said. All right. Uh, my next one. This I got a few that tie in with this. This is from uh, Washington Examiner. Uh, Ramaswamy is a performer, not a presidential candidate. Okay. I don't even know if I'm saying the fucking guy's last name right, but it is what it is. Um, I was actually, personal opinion, I was thinking, man, this, this guy's probably uh, a good um, good person that Trump should uh, run with and have as his VP because he's a little younger. You know, um, he seems to know what he's talking about. But then this week, this came out. Um Ramaswamy entered the GOP uh, presidential primary. He uh, seemed to like an empty suit uh, candidate. Oh, he seemed like an empty suit candidate um, who would pander to Republicans while trying to become some sort of right-wing influencer. Now, over five months after his campaign launch, it uh, has been made clear that exactly that. Yeah. Ramaswamy's uh, portrayal of the 2024 Republican candidate contradicts not just the positions he held one year ago, but positions he held just two months ago. On June 19th, Ramaswamy celebrated Juneteenth and called for it to be a celebration of the American dream itself. In his latest act of shameless pandering to what he thinks GOP voters want to hear, he called it a useless holiday and suggested it be canceled. So he's on both sides. Mm. He's just he's just pan, pandering and telling people what he thinks they want to hear. Yeah, this is just one of the list. Uh, one one in the list of things Ramaswamy has flipped on or wants GOP voters to forget. In September 2022, Ramaswamy uh, described the GOP's embrace of former. President Donald Trump's election conspiracy theories as the grand old party of crybabies condemned the victimhood narrative and said it it's easy to be a sore loser. He also praised former Vice President Mike Pence for refusing to go along with Trump's narrative. Now Ramaswamy can't even say um, he would do the same thing in Pence's um, position. Ramaswamy was paid to uh, have his Wikipedia, uh, oh, has paid to have his Wikipedia page altered, which uh, resulted in the removal of mentions of his time in Ohio's COVID-19 response team, as well as a postgraduate fellowship uh, he received through the Paul 
and so- Paul and Daisy Soros Fellowship of New Americans. Paul Soros is the brother of Democratic mega donor George Soros. He's uh, thrown a bone to 9-11 trustees. Um, oh, no, 9-11 truthers. He's uh, repeatedly called for the Declaration of Independence from China while downplaying the past business ties to the country. So right there is a massive red flag to me, okay? So he is connected to the Soroses, okay? And if you want, you can go to pdsoros.org and type his name in, um, and it has his, his picture and, you know, his backstory on a Soros website. So you, you, okay, and some people are online, oh, well, it's Paul Soros' brother. If you're connected to any Soros, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, like the Bidens. Yeah. So uh, just trying to make that, um, make that, bring this article to everybody's attention and make them aware that, um, you know, maybe maybe you're thinking about voting for this guy. Well, he's fucking just... Uh, lying to all of us and he's putting on a show in hopes that he can get through because Soros probably is like, fuck, we can't get the Democrats through. So I'm going to put somebody in that looks really good. Yeah. So he's being a politician telling everybody what they want to hear. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, uh, you might, you might see in the next coming weeks that fucking DeSantis takes back his spot for number two. Right. But, um, Ramaswamy is, uh, connected to the Soroses. In some sort of way. So that that doesn't look good for our country if he gets in, whether it's a president or vice president, because he might get in as vice president and be undermining everything Trump's doing, if that's the case. That's how everything plays out. So I think Trump needs to find a different VP. Yeah. Because they're like, I've had conversations with people that I think Ramaswamy would have been good. He kind of, he fooled me. I'll admit it. But uh, I found this information and I wanted to bring it to the listeners. Nice. You had a few to go with that, right? Oh, I, I kind of just tied them all together oh, okay. oh, right like that because I talked about the Paul and Daisy um, um, page. You can go on the PD Soros page and find him and it has all his information. I'm not going to go into it because I yeah. think they paid for him to go to Harvard because he went, he went to Yale and Harvard, but I think the Soroses paid for him to go to Harvard to get some type of uh, medical degree. So... He's got to repay them somehow. That's that's right. Yeah. Everybody needs yeah, them, yeah, their yeah. payment. Yep. With interest. Yep. So my next one's from Breibart. And I, I covered um I covered this when when it broke. I think it was I think it was a couple weeks ago. Um Tennessee town left afraid in shock after illegal alien accused of raping unconscious boys. This f- sick fuck. God, this I don't I don't understand why this guy's still fucking alive. Residents of Franklin, Tennessee, which sits south of Nash- Nashville, remained rattled after an illegal alien has been accused of raping multiple unconscious boys and filming the assaults. Residents who spoke to the Tennessean said their community was in shock when the accusations came to light, considering Campos' last known address was across from a soccer field and surrounded by schools where he is alleged to have lured boys. I was in shock. My girls grew up in this complex, and then my heart broke thinking, we, uh, were any of these babies affected that are now older? 50-year-old Victor 
Oh, Victoria Kemp said, Kemp lives in a nearby apartment complex to where Campos resided. Donna Ladd, a retired resident who lived near Campos, said she'd never been afraid to live in Franklin until she heard details about the case. I wasn't afraid over here but, but uh, before, but being that close, I'm afraid now, Ladd told the Tennessean. Uh, likewise, officials at Franklin Special School District said they are heartbroken for the families who are affected by the sus- uh, sus- suspect's alleged criminal acts and offered to assist police in their investigation in any way. And that just shows, like, this guy was teaching soccer. He was in, a, in and around kids. Why wasn't there a background check done on him? Very simple. It's very simple. All, he, all that they needed to do was, oh, he, here's a background check. And if he didn't do it, then he might have deterred all of those boys from, you know, having that harm done, uh, done to them. Yeah, he could have moved on to somewhere else. But if everybody had the same policy, held the line the fucking same way, then guess what? This shit would stop or it, not stop, but, it, you know, it would reduce it uh, exponentially. But that's going to do it for, for that article. It's because um, it goes on to say basically what I'd already said in the other other podcast that all the shit that he did. But that's why we need to hold the line and hold people accountable and have systems in, 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 in place when people are around kids. Especially illegal immigrants. But that's going to do it for that article. Yeah. Great job. Thanks, sir. No problem. (laughs) Okay, my next one's from Newsmax Finance. Kellogg's Woke DEI Programs Illegal Group Claims. A conservative legal group... um, Wednesday urged a U.S. anti-discrimination agency to investigate Kellogg's Co. uh, over workplace diversity policies that it says are unlawful and accused the cereal maker of sexualizing its products. Really? I thought he had more to say. This is the second complaint filed this week against the company by America First Legal, a nonprofit run by Stephen Miller, who was an advisor to the then and still then, or still now, hold on, who was the advisor to the real president, Donald Trump. America First, uh, in a letter to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, said Kellogg's hiring, training, and promotion practices are designed to achieve the balance based on race and sex that violates the federal law banning workplace bias. It also criticized marketing campaigns, including boxes of Cheez-It crackers featuring drag queen RuPaul and cereal boxes celebrating the LGBTQ Pride Month. There's no plus. They don't, they don't celebrate you pluses. Um, management has uh, discarded the company's long-held family-friendly marketing approach to politicize and sexualize its products, the group said. Kellogg, in a statement uh, on Thursday, said the company is committed to complying with employment laws and has policies in place for prohibiting workplace discrimination. So basically... Um, they're still fucking doing stupid shit with the DEI shit. But, um, you know, and it's going to fucking backfire in their face. And I got uh, two more that go with this because this is like, uh, we'll, we'll just say a little little retail minute. Right, right. Um, 
and uh, you know, get into this real quick. So this one's from the street. Oh, did you write this one straight it- from the street? <laughs> Boycotters <laughs> vowed to make national retailer the new Bud Light. Fresh off the success of their boycott against Bud Light, social media political activists have set their sights on a new target. It might be a busy uh, um, busy part of the year for Bo- uh, Bud Light boycotters. The monument, uh, the monument of their group's successful campaign against the Transheiser Bush InBev um, beer brand after it supposedly went woke. Even though Bud Light has a multiple has multiple pro-LGBTQ advertisements and incentives in the past, is to carry their political activism to a new target. That target is Best Buy. Are they even still in business? Yeah, yeah. The National... I see a Best Buy, they're going out of business. The National Electronics retail chain now has a target on its back after O'Keefe Media Group published pictures of an application for a minority management program. One of the requirements uh, for this program is the applicant uh, identified has to be black, Latino, Hispanic, Asian, or Pacific Islander. White people were excluded from applying from from the minority management program, and this sent sent some of them Wild on social media. Best Buy did not immediately return uh, request for comment. So it, you know that that pretty much they they were asked to comment and they didn't. Um, so you know everybody wants to say, oh, you know we're getting discriminated against. We're getting discriminated against. Um, I think it's I think it's the white people being discriminated against in this country. Right. Because everything white people do is wrong. And racist. And racist. And you're a bigot. And you're a fascist. You're misogynist. And you you owe me reparations. Yes. For something I didn't even fucking do. Something your grandparents didn't even do. (laughs) Something your great grandparents didn't even do. So that that's uh that one. I don't even know if Best Buy is even fucking relevant. Um but they are, this next company, they're very relevant. They have a lot of stores still open. Really? Target sales hit by Pride Month backlash. <laughs> oh, man. Target's second quarter sales have been hit by inflation and negative reaction by some customers. Widely publicized on social media to its Pride merchandise, the Minneapolis retailer expects high interest rates, which makes credit cards more expensive to use the higher prices on food to continue to put a strain on customers and on wednesday the chain cut its profit and sales expectations for the year and lowering its forecast target also cited the end of the student loan um student student loans which uh had provided one-time college students a little more financial breathing room um Profit came in above expectations. However, as Minneapolis chain brought uh, investors closer in line with cautionary spending and uh, discretionary items by customers, Target is among the first major U.S. retailer to report quarterly financial results and impact of rising prices and evaluated interest um, on its customers will get a lot of attention ahead of the raft of quarterly 
reports from the companies like Walmart and other retailers. Well, it sounds to me like, you know, th- this is going to go on, you know, whatever. If you want to read it, it's, um, it's at Newsmax Finance as well. But it sounds like Target is uh, still being hit because of their fucking stupid ass fucking no tuck um, bathing suits. And they're trying to say, oh, it's because of inflation and, you know, the price of food. Well, grocery stores are still doing fine. Yeah. People are still going to grocery stores and buying food because you can drive by a grocery store and there's fucking tons of cars in there. So you stupid fucking target, open up your eyes. It's because of your fucking pride month shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's fucking ridiculous. I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know why they're fucking still in business. Do you? Because the, there's like cult target shoppers. Like they only go to Target. They'll they won't degrade themselves to go down to Walmart or go anywhere else. Somebody needs to come out with a new fucking uh what is that? A big box store? Yeah. Yeah, they do. And just sell shit. Thank you, fellas. That's right. We are on the Trump train. And the first one is from Just the News. Jack Smith admits he included inaccurate info when asking judge to hide the Trump Twitter warrant. Uh, Special counsel Jack Smith has admitted that his office included inaccurate information when requesting that a judge issue a nondisclosure order to prevent former President Donald Trump from learning uh, learning his office had obtained a warrant for his Twitter account. Reports emerged on Thursday that that Smith's team had secured a search warrant in January for materials related to Trump's account. In seeking a non-disclosure order to prevent the company from informing Trump, however, Smith's office inaccurately suggested Trump himself would have been a uh, flight risk should he learn of the warrant. The district court also found reason to believe that the former president would flee from prosecution, reads a uh, decision from the District of Columbia Court of Appeals that the Epic Times reviewed. The government later acknowledged, however, that it had errantly included flight from prosecution as a predicate in its application for the non-disclosure order. And this just shows uh, that they're they're trying to fucking manipulate shit to to fucking indo- um, imprison Trump any way they could, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next one on our uh, Trump train here. Judge sides with Trump on protective order. The next car in the train? The next car in the train. (laughs) Judge sides with Trump on protective order in 2020 election case. This is from Fox News. The federal judge assigned to former President Donald Trump's 2020 election case has largely, largely sided with Trump's defense attorneys on a protective order over evidence, but had handed prosecutors a win by broadening which materials is considered sensitive and should be protected. Trump's lawyers returned to federal court in Washington, D.C. on Friday morning for their first hearing for the U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is overseeing special counsel Jack Smith's 2020 election meddling case against Trump. Chucklin heard arguments about the restrictions on evidence in the case of the court uh, filings 
prosecutors had argued for broad rules barring Trump's lawyers from sharing sensitive materials with the former president, including witness testimony to the grand jury and recordings of, and transcripts of Trump's associates who spoke to prosecutors. Trump's attorneys countered that the government's request was too broad and infringed on Trump's First Amendment rights. So we're already seeing here, this this came out late, uh, pretty much a week ago. And, you know, we're already seeing that he's having uh, having some wins, if you will, in the uh, with his cases. So the next one is from the conservative brief. Jack Smith proposes Trump trial date just before the Iowa caucuses. I wonder why. Why then? Why? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out if I stop having all these fucking ads. Jesus. All right. So special counsel Jack Smith has made a request of the judge overseeing former President Donald Trump's criminal trial in Washington, D.C. On Thursday, the special counsel requested a trial date of January 2nd, 2024, right before the Republican presidential primaries that he said could be done within four to six weeks, Fox News reported. The government proposes that the trial begin on January 2nd, 2024, and estimates that its case will in chief will take no longer than four to six weeks, he said in the filing with the court. Bullshit, it's going to take way longer than that. A January 2nd trial date would, would vindicate the public's strong interest in a speedy trial, an interest guaranteed by the Constitution and federal law in all cases, but of particular significance here where the defendant, a former president, is charged with conspiracy to overturn the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential, uh, presidential election, obstruct the certification of the election results, and discount citizens' legitimate votes, he said. And, you know, it goes, it goes on from there. Um, I would encourage, you know, everybody to be following this along because they're just, you know, pulling up the bullshit out of it everywhere. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, like, like I said earlier, you know, they're, they're just trying to come out with uh, more stuff to distract him. And I think, I think it's like something ridiculous. Like he's looking at like 700 years with all these indictments. I know, right? And uh, he's looking at the death penalty and all this shit. <laughs> yeah, fuck? it's fucking crazy. <laughs> so the next one from Newsmax, Georgia grand jury indicts Trump on 30 felony charges over alleged 20 election interference. Donald Trump has been indicted by a grand jury in Fulton real, County. Real quick, he's real looking quick. at the death penalty for some of these indictments. I don't know for which For words. One. Yeah, for words. But you got fucking people raping children and they won't get the death penalty. No, they, they can go they can go over to Quincy, Massachusetts and get yeah, care. Yeah. So so you do do you see a problem here about how fucked up this country is? Yep. Um Donald Trump has been indicted by a grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, for allegedly meddling in results of the 2020 election, which he lost in the state. A grand jury voted Monday evening to bring a total of 13 felony charges against the former president, including violations of the Racketeer Influence and Corruptions Organization, or RICO law, as well as violating his oath of office. A slate of others were indicated, I mean, indicted along with Trump, including former New York uh, City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, one of Trump's attorneys, as well as former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. The process played out live on national television as cameras inside the courthouse stacked out the clerk's office where the indictment paperwork was signed and walked down to the courtroom where it was presented to Fulton County Superior Judge Robert 
McBurney. The criminal case comes as Trump leads the, leads the field of Republicans seeking their party's 2024 presidential nomination. And then we have another article to go along with this. And it's pretty, pretty funny. If I can find it. Okay. Okay. Oh, I got to scroll up. Fulton County. Oh, hold on. This is from the Politics Brief. Fulton County uh, case development signals potential court victory for Donald Trump. But didn't they just bring charges against him? That's kind of weird. Yeah. In an important development from uh, for former President Donald Trump, Trump's Georgia election case, a federal judge has scheduled a hearing regarding former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' appeal to transfer his case from Fulton County to a federal court. Judge C, uh, Steve C. Jones announced that the hearing will take place on August 28th. Coincidentally, this is the same day that the lawyer for former President Donald Trump have a separate court appearance in Washington, D.C. The court concludes the face of the notice of removal and attached indictment do not clearly indicate that summary remained remand this matter is required. No opinion about whether the removal will be permitted or on a federal immunity defense is being made at this time, James wrote. Meadows must provide Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Wells, oh, Fannie Willis, uh, with the notice of removal and Wednesday's order by August 23rd. Judge Jones mentioned the provided notice of removal is the associated indictment and definitively suggests that an immediate remand is necessary. The court has not informed, has not formed an opinion on the validity of the removal or potential federal immunity defense at this moment. A remand is when is when superior court directs cases back to inferior courts for additional proceedings. And this goes on and on as you know to what what he's indicted for in Georgia. But uh, I like that. I like that. You know, he's he's already starting to get these these wins and all that shit. And like you said, um, this is all going to be a big waste of time, waste of money. Yep. And I can see actually, actually, I could see Trump probably suing the government or you know to get his his lawyer fees back. Yeah. I'm I'm sure those those fuckers are getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> but. That will conclude our ride on the Trump train. Thank you, fellas. No problem, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, my next one's from Breibart. North Korea, Kim Jong-un demands full war preparations after replacing top general. So that means that guy's dead. Um... I'm serious. That's how he deals with shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. North Korea must make full war preparations to overwhelmingly uh, contain and destroy the enemy. Communist dictator Kim Jong-un demanded in a meeting of his top military leaders on Wednesday, the country's state newspaper, Rodong Sinmoon, uh, reported that Kim pre- uh, presided over the Central Military Commission meeting personally. Um ousting his chief general of staff, General Paksu Il. Il. I don't know. He's not. He's probably not with us anymore anyways. By replacing him with Deputy Vice Marshal Rayong Gil, 
Pack was purged among several other leading commanding officers. Oh, damn, he was busy. With which Rodong Sin Moon did not name. Observers uh, outside of North Korea have not indicated that the shakeup suggests any large-scale controversy or conflict between Kim and his generals. Because he uh, took care of his generals. Kim's command to prepare for war follows a year of rapidly escalating tension between North and South Korea that began with Kim demanding an exponential increase in the number of nuclear weapons uh, North Korea possesses and has led to uh, South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol threatening that to end Kim's regime while uh, on board an American nuclear submarine in July. Yoon, a conservative, took um, office in May and has since prioritized undoing leftist predecessor Moon Jae-in's <laughs> successions uh, concessions to the communist North, including limiting military cooperation with the United States and preventing South Korea's Koreans from sending humanitarian aid balloons across the border. So this is just talking about, Hey, you know what? There's something else escalating in the world. So for all you people that are like, man, when world war three starts, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, we're going to do this dipshit. We are already in World War III, okay? It, it's, it just hasn't fucking escalated to the level that you want to see. And the thing is, it's not going to be like World War II. Because was World War I, was World War II like World War I? No, because, you know, shit evolves. Exactly. Military planning evolves. And, uh... You know, how you execute those plans evolves. So I got another one that goes along with this in case you're wondering what's going on with World War III. Uh, Poland to deploy 10,000 troops along the Belarus border. And we talked about this last week with Belarus doing training exercises near the Poland, Pol- uh, Poland Polish and Lithuanian borders. Um, Poland intends to put 10,000 soldiers along the border with Belarus, the country's Defense minister said Thursday as Warsaw worries about the presence of Russian linked um, Belarus and migrants trying to cross the border without authorization. Separately, the Polish military said it was searching an area near the border with Belarus for the lost fuse from a missile. Um, but that it posed no threat because the detonator has a built in um, uh Protections. The fuse was lost during uh, intensive activities using specialized equipment to ensure security, the military said. So this article is just going to go on and say things that the Polish and um, Belarusian borders are starting to escalate a little. So we got a conflict there. You got a conflict over in Korea. You got a conflict between China and Taiwan. You got the major conflict that's already kicked off a little while ago between Russia and Ukraine. You have a conflict with China, fucking China and Russia, putting military uh, naval vessels near Alaska. You have conflict between Iran and Israel. You had, I don't know if this one's settled, but nobody's really talking about it, between Turkey and Greece. We got a lot of problems. 
Yeah. Hey, the World War Three. Right? Yeah. I, I just named a lot of a lot of problems uh, all at once. And what's what's uh, pedophile Biden worried about? He's worried about fucking eating ice cream and looking at little kids. And when he's going on vacation. Yeah. To look he, at more little kids. He does that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think he does more than look, but. Um, so my next article is from Newsmax. Three military branches without cheese for the first time. Cheese? Chiefs. Oh. <laughs> they ran out of cheese. <laughs> I'm sure some people, that'd be a really big issue. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine without it. Uh, Chief of Naval Operations. You Admiral, don't like cheese? I like cheese certain, like in certain ways. Like grilled cheese, I can handle if it's like one piece of cheese. I know some people put like two, three so, in so, there. So your Italian food, you don't like cheese on it? Oh, no. I like the Italian cheese. Oh, cheeses. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't like I don't like American cheese pretty much. Oh, do you like Mexican cheese? I do. Oh, okay. Spicy. <laughs> Chief of Naval Operations. You like Swiss cheese? I do. Yeah, Swiss cheese. It's good. very holy, so that's why I like it. Um, I like provolone, mozzarella, fresh mozzarella. Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Mike oh, cheese minute. Gilday. Yeah. <laughs> relinquished, relinquished his uh, command on Monday, leaving three of the nation's armed services without a Senate-confirmed chief for the first time in U.S. history. Admiral Lisa Fanchetti, nominated by President Joe Biden to lead the Navy, takes over in an acting capacity. In addition to the Navy, the Army and Marine Corps are also without... Uh, are also with confirmed heads. At is issue, at issue is the Senate. Tom uh, Tommy Tuberville of Alabama continues to hold up pro, the promotions and confirmations of more than three hundred senior military officers in protest of the Pentagon's abortion policy. When the Pentagon releases, I mean, ceases to allow for paid leave and travel reimbursement for service members to get an abortion, a violation of the Hyde Act. According to Tuberville, he will release his holds. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin addressed the holds at Gilday's relinquishment ceremony on Monday at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And this is this is stupid. This is going this is stupid. It started out with the three military branches not having people and then it, it gets all fucking political. Why? Fuck well, I mean, that. I mean it does have to do with politics. No, you should be. Well, I don't know. You should. You should be whoever's the best fit for the, for the job. Yeah. It's not who you politically align with, or was the fucking they need an ESG score too? I don't know. Jesus Christ, that's gonna do it for that article. I'm done with that. And with that sound, you guys know. It is our Bud Light Minute. This is going to be a short minute because uh, not much coming out about Bud Light because they know they're fucked. <laughs> uh, Transheiser Bush air to Newsmax. I want to make Bud Light great again. Man, does he is he is he a fan of uh, Donald Trump Maybe. making things great again? Maybe. Transheiser Bush air. Billy Bush says uh, he'd like to make Bud Light great again by purchasing... The business to help get them out of this hole. Following the beer giants advertising blowback with transgender personality Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney, which has cost the company about $395 million in lost U.S. sales. 
Damn. Holy shit. Like $395 million. So basically $400 million lost because. Yeah. (laughs) That's fucked. They're going to have to do something drastic in order to change the tide that's rolling with them now. Bush told Newsmax TV's Rob Schmidt tonight, uh, Wednesday. I think I could make Bud Light great again. To tell you the truth, Bud Light uh, sales dropped 29.5% during the week ending July 29th since its tie-up with Dick Swingin' Dylan Mulvaney on April 1st, according to data from... Uh, Bump Williams Consulting revenue has taken nearly 400 million uh, hit since the backlash started. I think the a, the AB or like I would uh, say the TB InBev has um, done has done has turned over a big portion of the population with advertising. Bush told Newsmax. So basically, this article is just going to go on with Billy Bush telling everybody. Hey, let me buy the company back. I'll make it great. I don't think uh, that's going to work. I think uh, the the ship is sailed on that one. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's looking at that Bud Light ship with their binoculars. I don't know if they can, they can see it with their binoculars anymore. Well, they're they're trying to get it far enough out so when they hit hit that ship with the the torpedo. All right, it's it's just taken care of. You know, nice. Okay, and my my. Uh, Last uh, article in the Bud Light Minute is um, Forget Kid Rock. Bud Light faces a new big-name critic. Kid Rock may have uh, uh, started the anti-Bud Light campaign, but he certainly has not been the only star to make his feelings known. Most stars have been more um, subtle than Rock and did not, as he did, did choose to shoot up a case of formerly best-selling beer in the world, uh, but lots of statements have been made. Country music stars, Travis Tritt, John Rich, big and rich fame, have made it clear they won't support Transheiser Bush anymore. Nice. Um... That's been a popular opinion of, for conservatives who took issue with brand engaging uh, the transgender social media star, Dick Swing Dylan Mulvaney. So if you guys want to check out this article, it's by The Street. Forget uh, Kid Rock. And, uh, you know, Bud Light has a uh, new face. So if you want to look into it, I mean, it's basically... Uh, just going to be about how big and rich are boycotting the brand and not going to do business with them again, which um, I don't really see as an issue. Nobody's doing uh, business with Trans Hazard Bush and Bud Light. No, and if, if they were smart, they'd just stay the fuck away. So that's going to wrap up our Bud Light minute. Nice. Yeah. Doing so. Get to anything with Maui or... Yes, that's exactly what it is, is from Trending Politics. Hawaii governor planning to acquire land after Maui wildfires fueling speculation. Something stinks, and it's not the island. In the aftermath of the catastrophic wildfires in Lahana, speculation has been ignited regu- uh, regarding potential state intervention in the, in the land that has been so m- much devastated. Hawaii's governor recently hinted that the state intent to acquire land that was annihilated by the blaze. A recent walkthrough by 
KHON2 News, accompanied by the governor and federal representatives, revealed the haunting impact of the fire. Devastation was so vast that even uh, that even recognizing streets became a challenge, prompting officials to use spray uh, spray paint to identify them. Authorities reported that body parts are deteriorating upon discovery. The chief urged residents to stay away from Front Street to avoid horrific possible uh, the horrific possibility of stepping on human remains. The street, once bustling and vibrant, now stands as a grim testament of of to nature's wrath. Wrong, but no, I'll keep, I'll keep reading. Addressing the media, Governor Josh Green, alongside the FEMA director, commented on the potential plans for Lahana's future. I'm already thinking about ways for the state to acquire land so that we can put it in, put into workforce housing, to put it back into families, or to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to people who are lost. We want this to be something we remember, Green stated. I don't think anybody's going to really fucking forget it. And Lahana will be will rebuild. Yeah. And you're going to be profiting from it. The tragedy right now is loss of life, but we don't want this to become a clear space when, uh, where then people from overseas just come and decide they're going to take it. The state will take it and preserve it first, he finished. Yeah, and you're going to profit from it. The rapid spread of the fire was highlighted by federal officials who detailed uh, its... Merciless movement from structure to structure. The wildfire has tragically earned a dark accolade, surpassing even the California campfire to become the deadliest fire in the U.S. in the past decade. The remnants of the disaster continue to smolder with trees and buildings in interior still aflame, releasing toxic fumes in, as seen in the video. And it's, it's really sad that this is all happening. You know, the many people have lost their lives due to this wildfire and it's, there's more than one person that has come out and said that they don't think that this was Mother Nature or whatever. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because this I just found on Twitter as the show was going on. This is uh, tweeted out by Matt Wallace. It was uh, retweeted to our page. So if you want to check it out, that's at uh, checkers underscore and underscore MJ. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. He tweets, this is pure evil, have obtained new footage from Maui Fire Ground Zero that shows Hawaii police officers shutting down a citizen donation center for victims of fires. The officer says, not knowing he's being recorded, that the powers that be are responsible. Maui is a small series of islands with a population of only 165,000 people of those individuals, most of them are very wealthy, and a lot of them are celebrities. The officer went on to say in this video that you can check out, they do not want any poor people or locals living there anymore. It's obvious they are trying to drive them out with crazy insurance rates, poor treatment, and targeted disasters. Well, the officer didn't say that, but, you know, that's what's trying to go on. So, you know. With you saying like, hey, it's not this. You know, we should be asking some real questions here about it. Yeah. Don't you think? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get my tinfoil hat here. Nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so we, with, this, with this whole situation, we should be asking some bigger questions. You know, some people might be think these are conspiracy theories. So, you know, got to get my tinfoil hat on, but... 
why did why didn't they maintain the tr- um the trees and the power lines in this area? Yeah, like like the trees were fucking overhanging the power over the power lines like that. That should have been taken care of. Why didn't they cut the power to the high when, when there were high winds? Why didn't they sound sirens once the fire started? Why didn't they let people leave? Why didn't they rescue people trapped in the water? Why didn't insurance companies tell people that? Why did insurance companies um, tell people their homes violated code before they burned? Wow. Why didn't the fire affect any of the elite estates? Mm. Why are they already making plans to take the land from the people? And why aren't we asking more of these questions? Whether you have a tinfoil hat or not. I don't have a tinfoil hat, but I'll ask those questions. That's for damn sure. Yeah, because it's it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's fucked up. Because I guarantee you, because I guarantee, you know, when they have wildfires anywhere else, they're trying to contain them, not just contain them in an, a certain area. Right. All right. So I'm just going to jump into my last article for the the show because I promised everybody we be, they'd be hearing from our boy, Mayor Adams. Adam Warren's Biden's inaction on migrant crisis will decimate New York City. And if you want to check that article out, it's from the New York Post. Um We've, we've heard this from Mayor Adams a few times that, um, you know, Biden needs to shut down the borders, but he wasn't about shutting down the borders when um, this all began. Adams was all about uh, come to my city or, you know, this shit. And they were being sent there. And then once it became a bigger issue, now he's he's on board with uh, fucking trying to trying to tell Biden to shut the borders down because we have a uh, immigrant problem in this country. And the other article is from Breibart. Have some guts. Citizens rage at New York City's Democrat mayor, Eric Adams, over handling the migrant crisis. Residents criticized New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, on Sunday, blaming his handling of the migrant crisis for problems they are facing. Neighbors from Queens protesting in Tent City um, at a psychiatric center had harsh words for the mayor after the event at St. Gregory the great church of Belrose and New York post reported Monday citing audio it obtained. Um, Adams addressed the group saying, I feel, uh, if you feel I'm not doing a great job, uh, the last 18 months with this mess, I inherited the, uh, the, me- uh, the mess I inherited, you have the right to do what you want. However, um, one event attendee fired back at Adams, Phil, Orstrain, a leader in the Queens Village Republic, told the mayor to tell the president to stop shipping migrants to the area. Well, you know what he has to do? He has to just shut down the fucking borders. That's what he has to do. It's very fucking simple. And round up all of them. And send them to Ukraine. And send them to Ukraine. But that's going to wrap it up for me. You got anything else to add? Yeah, I I got one article. Okay. My last article. From OAN, gangs in Chicago asked not to commit shootings during the daytime. Okay. Oh, man. So I can, right. they can do them at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Just not during the day. Okay? It's scary during the day. A community group in Chicago has asked gangs in the city not to fire guns or commit any shootings between the hours of 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., according to CWB Chicago. The proposal, also known as the People's Ordinance, came from the Rogers Park-based Native Sons. 
Chicago City uh, Chicago City Alderman Maria Haddon also promote, uh, promoted the proposal in an email newsletter. We have to start somewhere, Tatiana Atkins, co-founder of Native Sun, said, our goal is to approach the city's gun violence problems strategically and not all at once. Things didn't become this way overnight, and, th- it, uh, and change won't happen overnight. Shootings in Roger Park, where Native Sons originate from, have been on the rise recently. A gang war is believed to have broken out in the area between the gangster disciples and the Black Pea Stones. And it goes on and on as to as to what happened. I just thought that that was funny that they're trying to say between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m., no shootings. And that what is it, a fucking free-for-all after that? What 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 is this, the fucking purge? What the fuck is that? But, you know, just another reason to get out of the Democrat-run Chicago area. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us. The only thing I'd like to add is, you know what, I've talked to some people this week, and, you know, they're, they're definitely like-minded um some of them i didn't didn't know that but you know you talk to people you find out things and um one of the biggest things they said is you know it, it sucks that we're the small majority and all this well in all reality we aren't the small majority the small majority is the 20 percent we see all throughout these articles and on other stages of media and you know why they're being seen because they're vocal they're loud you know they're getting out there and us 80% that are against all this fucking shit, you name it, we're against it. Fucking, we're not saying anything because most of us are fucking like, oh, we're the only ones, you know, is there something wrong with me because I feel this way? That's not the issue. We're the 80%, we're the majority. We got to start getting out there and fucking saying more. We created this show for that exact reason and for men, especially men, to start being men. And stop being fucking controlled by these fucking feminists. And that's, you know, one of the biggest problems in this country is uh, coming up is men not being men. Because uh, starting to see it with the younger generations of men coming out. Right. So we are going to wrap the show up. It's your first time listening to this show or watching it. Um, just hit that fucking follow button. Subscribe to the show so you get those automatic downloads. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. By doing that, you can go to Instagram, Twitter, and threads and follow us at checkers underscore and underscore MJ. We are on truth at the underscore realist underscore uncensored. And we are on rumble at the realist uncensored. You can send us an email at the realist uncensored at gmail.com. That's show ideas, subjects that could be telling us how we're doing because you're scared to fucking leave a comment on one of the platforms, uh, whatever you want to do. And remember, episodes will be dropping weekly, Wednesday and Friday. And be on the lookout for those Message Mondays from Monica and MJ. (laughs) And get out there and make your voice heard. And let's take back our fucking country. Thank you, fellas.